0: The Twenty-Sixth Day of the Month I am the Lord your God. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus 11, verse 44 As He who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. 1 Peter 1, verse 15 Today we consider what it means to say that the Church is holy. There is much misunderstanding about the meaning of the term holy. Too many seem to think it is merely entirely good, without flaw. That may serve us well when speaking of a holy God, but a perfect church? Hardly. At root, holiness instead has to do with being set apart, indeed with being different. In the commandments, when God called for one day a week to be holy, God meant that this day was to be set aside as different from the other six, distinctive in its practices. So also the Hebrew people were to exhibit holiness by refusing to bow down to the idols worshipped by all of the neighboring nations. Similarly, the Church is called to live out in the world ways of being and doing that are alternatives to accustomed standards and customs. This means that, far from being embarrassed when its ideals are at odds with accepted ways, the Christian community should revel in what it distinctively has to offer to the world. When the lives of people are being ruined by oppression and the church protest, we are exemplifying holiness. When greed goes unchecked, even applauded, and Christian people cry out, enough, we should rejoice that we are fulfilling our calling to be different for the sake of what is right. How willing are we to be considered out of step with society in order to be holy? Who wants to be labeled as odd, after all? we are called to be a holy church, not a club that panders to whatever is currently popular. Opening prayer. Oh God, our help and our hope, holy is your name unlike every other name we know. Holy are your ways beyond the reach of earthly imperfection. Holy are your people called by you to show the world a new way, a new hope. Calls us to be what you call us to be through Jesus Christ. Who died for being different, Amen psalm eighty four verses eight through twelve, God of the angel armies, listen, O oh God of Jacob, open your ears, I'm praying, look at our shields glistening in the sun, our faces shining with gracious anointing. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God, generous in gifts and glory. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. It's smooth sailing all the way with God of the angel armies. From the prophet Micah, chapter 4, verse 11 Through verse 15 of chapter 5 And how many nations have been assembled against you? Who say, Let her be polluted, and let her eyes gloat over Zion? But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord, and they do not understand his purpose, for he has gathered them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise, and thresh, daughter of Zion, for your horn I will make iron, and your hoofs I will make bronze, that you may pulverize many people, that you may devote to the Lord their unjust gain, and their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Now muster yourselves in troops, daughter of troops. They have laid siege against us. With a rod they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago and from the days of eternity. Therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has borne a child. Then the reminder of her brethren will return to the sons of Israel and he will rise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. When the Assyrian invades our land, when he tramples on our citadels, when we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight leaders of men, they will shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword, the land of Nimrod at its entrances, and he will deliver us from the Assyrian. When he attacks our land and when he tramples our territory, then the remnant of Jacob will be among many people, like dew from the Lord, like showers on vegetation, which do not wait for man or delay for the sons of men. The remnant of Jacob will be among the nations, among many people, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, which, if he passes through, tramples down and tears, and there is none to rescue. Your hand will be lifted up against your adversaries, and all your enemies will be cut off. It will be in that day, declares the Lord, that I'll cut off your horses from among you and destroy your chariots. I'll also cut off the cities of your land and tear down all your fortifications. I'll cut off sorceries from your hand, and you will have fortune-tellers no more. I'll cut off your carved images and your sacred pillars from among you, so that you will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. I'll root out your ashram from among you and destroy your cities." and I'll execute vengeance and anger and wrath on the nations which have not obeyed. From the Apocryphal Book, ben Sirah, Chapter 10, Verses 1-18 through 18. A wise magistrate gives stability to his people, and government by the intelligent is well ordered. As the people's judge, so the officials. As the head of a city, so the inhabitants. A reckless king destroys his people, but a city grows through the intelligence of its princes. Sovereignty over the earth is in the hand of God, who appoints the right person for the right time. Sovereignty over everyone is in the hand of God, who imparts his majesty to the ruler. No matter what the wrong, never harm your neighbor or go the way of arrogance. Odious to the Lord and to the mortals is pride, and for both oppression is a crime. Sovereignty is transferred from one people to another because of the lawlessness of the proud. Why are dust and ashes proud? Even during life the body decays, a slight illness, the doctor jests A king today, tomorrow he is dead. When a people die, they inherit corruption and worms, gnats and maggots. The beginning of pride is stubbornness in withdrawing the heart from one's maker, for sin is a reservoir of insolence, a source which runs over with vice. Because of it, God sends unheard of afflictions and strikes people with utter ruin. God overturns the thrones of the proud and enthrones the lowly in their place. God plucks up the root of the proud and plants the lowly in their place. The Lord lays waste the land of the nations and destroys them to the very foundation of the earth. He removes the very foundation of the earth, destroying them, erasing their memory from the world. Insolence does not befit mortals, nor impenet anger those born of women. From Revelation, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit. Like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth, and power was given them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man, and in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, and death flees from them. The appearance of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots, of many horses rushing to battle. They have tails like scorpions, and stings, and in their tails is their power to hurt men for five months. They have his king over them, the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek he is named Apollyon. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, They stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passers-by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed him mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Another Prayer of Saint Basil the Great. We bless thee, O most high God and Lord of Mercy, who ever doest with us things both great and inscrutable, both glorious and awesome, of which there is no measure, who grantest to us sleep for rest from our infirmities, and relaxation from the labours of our much toiling flesh. We thank thee that thou hast not destroyed us with our iniquities, but hast shown thy loving kindness to man as usual. And while we are lying in despair upon our beds, Thou hast raised us up that we might glorify Thy dominion. Wherefore, we implore Thy boundless goodness, enlighten the eyes of our understanding, and raise up our mind from the heavy sleep of indolence. Open our mouth and fill it with Thy praise, that we may be able steadily to Him and confess Thee who art God glorified in all and by all, the unoriginate Father, with thine only begotten Son, and thine all holy and good and life-creating Spirit, now and ever, unto the ages of ages. Amen. The full version of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as He did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that He will make all things right if I surrender to His will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with Him forever in the next. Amen.